to the Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Welcome to season four of the Disky Chicks. Martha and I have changed things up. We are moving into the new world. What do we say? How do we describe it, Martha? <laughs> Instead of just doing audio, which you're listening to right now, we are also recording ourselves live and uncut. So we will put those recordings up on our Facebook page at Disky Chicks Podcast. Look for that on Facebook. If you want to see us and anytime we have a visual, you'll be able to see it on that visual. But otherwise, sit back and listen to the Disky Chicks Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Disky Chicks. Cindy and I are thrilled to be live with you again this week. This is number three. And today we're going to be talking about behavioral blind spots according to your disc type. The last couple of sessions we did review on the high dominant and the low dominant and et cetera for the rest of the styles. So this time we're going to drill down on things we are just not aware of. When you think of blind spots, it's where you're doing things and behaving in certain ways that you're just not aware of the impact that you're having on other people. And I know in my coaching practice, this is a centerpiece is for people to really be able to become keenly aware of their blind spots. Cindy, how about you? Well, yes. And I've noticed that and, and this points out that depending on what your highest or lowest disc score is, you share similar traits with others who are like you. And so we, we feel pretty confident in saying, when we're talking about a high D or a direct person, here are some typical blind spots and same for the low or the reflective person. So we're going to go through, uh, since we're doing highs and lows now, um, we're going to go through the first two, the D and the I, and we'll talk about both the the traditionally high D and the high I and the traditionally low D and the low I and what uh, blind spots typically you can find with that kind of person. Right, right. And kudos to our vendor, TTISI, who had a has a wonderful blog on their website. So you can get to this and actually read the details of what Cindy and I are going to be talking about. But we were inspired by it because it is just so important in terms of self-awareness and understanding your impact on other people are what are my possible blind spots. So Cindy, you want to kick it off? Well, I'm going to let you do high D this time because I always seem to do the high D, which is my favorite. So <laughs> you can start with high D. And one thing that just struck me, Martha, when you said that was, I think once you become more self-aware, this is certainly going to help with your emotional intelligence. And we're Absolutely. going to talk more and more about emotional intelligence in 2023. So this is a good kind of kickoff for that is, is this self-awareness, understanding what others see that you might not, not, not notice. Right. And then once you are self-aware, can you self-regulate when you're being emotionally in charged state? What can you do about that? So... 
Um, EQ is very interesting. I look forward to being able to dig into that with everybody. Indeed. So let's start with this direct communication style. This is that high dominant. And remember, just for review, these people are ambitious and decisive and competitive and confident and show up very confidently. And they're, they're very positive. So they're all about getting things done and getting results. And oftentimes what happens with this high dominant is they forget that not everybody is like them. Right. And herein lies the problem or the possibility of the blind spots or this direct person, because other people may perceive them as aggressive or insensitive, or they tend to even get into your personal space, which some styles find very offensive. Mm -hmm. And they're moving at such a fast pace. A lot of times people just can't quite keep up with them. So what can this high dominant do or this direct communication style do to kind of be more self-aware and get out of the range of their blind spot? And they need to take the time to get personal. Mm -hmm. And high traditionally high direct communication style or a high dominant, they're not as people-oriented as they are task-oriented. So this means they're going to have to put a lot of energy into getting personal. And I'm not talking about, you know, tell me your deepest, dark secrets. I'm just talking about connecting More. with people. Yeah, showing some warmth and asking people about their weekend, which that, again, is contrary to most high dominance because they don't not, on, not on their radar and nor do they typically care so they don't they just don't care about it so in this case they're just going to have to adapt temporarily adapt to a style so that remember when you're talking to people they're giving you 20 million clues as to how they're receiving your message so that means the high dominant is going to have to slow down and they're going to have to be patient with people and have that more congenial personal conversation with them. And this helps build rapport and builds trust. And remember- also break out your coworkers who are used to you being direct. I know well, that's true. <laughs> and if they say something to you about, what's, are you okay? Do you feel okay? <laughs> And just say, this is the new me. This is me trying to get personal and, and take time to be with you. So it, it's not a insurpassable hurdle for that direct style or that high dominant, but it, you just have to be intentional and really make an effort to do that. I think intentional is probably going to be a word that we talk about a lot during this segment in our next one, because it is that self-awareness and you have to be, you have to intentionally change your behavior sometimes to reach more people. And so I'm talking today about that low D. And if you'll recall that low D is somebody who is more cooperative and low key. You know, they're, they're kind of chill and they like to be agreeable. And we also learned that sometimes that low D um, can't always act the way 
that they want to be. Sometimes they have to make a decision and they, sometimes they have to engage in conflict. And that is something that they loathe. They don't, you know, they, they want to avoid it, but sometimes they can't. And sometimes it's even for the betterment of the team if the low D or the reflective communicator kind of steps up and, and has to handle some of this conflict. You just can't go through life chill all the time. Wouldn't that be nice though? I know it would be really sweet. <laughs> That's a seventies movie like Spicoli or you know, somebody from, from maybe that was an eighties movie way from way back when. Yeah. So, you know, trying to urge a, you know, a reflective communicator to step up and have conflict is really tough to do. And so I think the best way for that conflict to be resolved is to think of a way that you feel most comfortable in conflict. And I'm coaching um, a young lady right now whose boss is a very high D and she's a very low D. And so sometimes uh -huh. when they're having a one-on-one -on -one meeting, she gets intimidated and then doesn't express what she wants to express. And it's not even necessarily conflict. It's just being able to be a little more assertive and get your word out. So uh, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, writing down a bullet list of things that you want to say, because when she has to think on her feet and she gets intimidated and he's a perfectly nice person, but he's, he's like, what, what do you have? What do you have? Um, so we, we started doing that too. And that's, that's one of the solutions is think about, you know, a, a method that you prefer to communicate right. Is it an email. Is it um, just having a list of bullet points? And that's going to help you if you get frustrated or flustered, you can go to that and, and read those bullet points and make sure that everything gets covered. Or if it's not even a live meeting, you can write things out in an email very clearly on what you mm -hmm. need from that high D or anybody else that you're having a communications issue with where you really need to express yourself, yet you may come across as intimidated. So it may feel difficult, but if you keep this in mind, you know, as soon as you get this conflict resolved, it's going to prevent more conflict. And so it's just one of those, you know, take a small step and it's going to make a big impact for your future yeah. self. Yeah. One, I, I love you sharing that story. One of the things that I've done with some of my um, reflective uh, coaching clients is that you can do it your own way. And that means maybe you feel better asking somebody for permission to give them feedback about something that they disagree over. And that is more their nature. That reflective nature is to be polite. Right. And, and, and they can do that. <coughs> I think to your point, you don't have to become a high D and go mm -hmm. toe to toe. You mm -hmm. just have to be sometimes more assertive than you want to be. And there's some ways to do that that can make it easier for you. And I think that's all we're trying to say, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and deliver it in that nice way. Mm -hmm. And honestly, people are more responsive to it being delivered that way than in that high D way, in my opinion. So um, have it your way. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. It can be... Um, yeah, the way that you want to do it. Exactly. Well, let's talk All right. about the high eyes that we know and love, and we are actually. So yes, we are. We are. So that 
remember that high influencer is high energy. They love people. They're very optimistic, very trusting, and have a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, and that is a valuable thing as a team member. They bring, raise the energy up on the team and are very affirming of team members. So, but what if they are dealing with someone that is very different from them and they are assuming everybody has to be enthusiastic about all these things that you as that high influencer or outgoing communicator is. And that's just not the real world. Not everybody is all about looking through those rose-colored glasses. So this is where that high influencer or that um, outgoing communicator needs to be keenly aware of how they're being received by other people. And you can see it on people's faces when you've gone over the top that last time is just one too many times for them. So what do you do? What do you do as that high influencer? And Martha, I was going to say one too many exclamation points or smiley faces in your email. It's like, good yes. Lord. Or, or little um, love, love symbols. Little emojis <laughs> and stuff. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So this is where that high influencer and outgoing communicator has got to kind of rein things in and bring that energy in and maybe not smile as big as often as they normally would so that they can appeal to the broader audience that they're talking with, especially if it's a team situation. So I think that it's backing up your energy and looking for buy-in from people, being keenly sensitive to how you're being perceived and really being able to paint a picture for them because high influencers typically are very visual and what picture do they need to paint with their peers or with their teammates or even their boss? And again, short-term adaptations can work. You can rein that energy in. You can lower your tone a little bit for those people that are more reflective. And, and remember that when you're talking too fast and with too much energy, people that process things slower than you do not get 100% of what you're saying. So it behooves you to make that adaptation so that people really understand whatever it is you've gone uber enthusiastic over and managing that energy as much and as best that you can. And I think another thing to think about is that some people need hard data to back up the decisions. Just because Absolutely. you say it's going to be awesome does not make it so. And just because you're enthusiastic and you want to you know, spread whatever the word is, other people are going to need some, some different ways. They're going to need some hard facts, charts, graphs, whatever that is right. before they have yeah. their buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, did I have to learn that the hard way. I've shared my story before is um, my nemesis in the corporate, my corporate life was the controller because I would go in and try to spin him and influence him without data. And 
Let me just tell you that did not work. <laughs> it right. didn't work. Yeah. Well, and it's especially not going to work for the, the person that I'm talking about right now, which is going to be the low eye. Remember, yes. the low eye is, is known as the reserved communicator and they're factual, logical, um, and they're very perceptive as well. They're, they're really good listeners and they're listening for, uh, for facts and for reasons why this should be a no-go or a go. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to be swayed, like I mentioned, by, um, by enthusiasm. So their right. blind spot tends to be assuming intent. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is that the low eye um, usually has some kind of skepticism and they're wondering what is it this person is really talking about. Yeah. They have this natural skepticism, which can save them in, you know, many times being able to find problems and, and to be more productive, but it can also result in this lack of trust in others and being very you know, coming across as very suspicious um, and they don't want to be taken advantage of. And so when someone's being friendly, like a high eye tends to be, um, they get suspicious of that and apprehensive. And so they're assuming a negative intent. And if you've ever been coached by me, one, one of the things I always try to say is assume positive intent, assume that people want to get along and want to do a good job where that's not naturally um, occurring so much in that low eye they they're the the intent the intent that they assume tends to be a little bit more negative yeah um, and so that's the something that, no <laughs> yeah that, that you want to work for so the solution that we try to give our reserved or our low clients is to presume the best but prepare for the worst still and i think yeah. that's a good balance that you can it give is. these low eyes or these reserved um, you know, give somebody the courtesy of assuming positive intent, but that doesn't mean that you have to believe everything they say. You can still prepare your case. You can still have all the facts and the data, and you can still be skeptical. But when you're talking to the person, try to assume positive intent. Think about mm -hmm. what are some of the reasons that they could be connecting with you. They could be lonely. Are they trying to use your expertise to make a more informed decision? Don't always assume the worst in somebody. And that's another thing that we talk about a lot in coaching, especially with teens, is to ask yourself, instead of the negative, ask yourself, why would you know, either a normal person or, uh, and I think about this a lot in politics, when you just want to get outraged. It's like, well, why would someone have this view? And then if mm -hmm. you can try to rationalize it from the other side, it doesn't seem so crazy. And I, and I suggest everyone do this when you have a conflict with somebody. Why would a reasonable person take on this position? Right. Maybe it's because of this, this, this. And they're just not focused on the thing that you're lasered focused on. And if both sides can do that more, I think you'd have a lot more agreement because most people aren't wrong 100% of the time and right 100% of the time. And we tend to talk past each other when we're focusing on the one thing that kind of puts a bee in our bonnet versus the, the other part of that, which we tend to ignore, but th they might be expressing. I hope that makes right. sense. Yeah, no, no, that's per makes perfect sense to me. And, and 
Cindy and I are not representing in any way, shape or form that this is easy to do, to adapt like this. However, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get doing it. And it's how you manage a blind spot. And that's huge, especially if you're in a leadership role. You need to be pretty adept at knowing when you need to bob or weave, right? Right. And, uh, and have that um, agility, really, to pick up on what your audience is telling you with their nonverbals so that you can meet their needs and everybody can be as productive as possible. Well, what I, and what I like about these suggestions and why I think Martha and I, well, why it really resonated with both of us is that the solution is for uh, maybe a low is not to be more high. You know, it's, it's not just, oh, be the opposite of yourself because that's not, that's not super helpful. But the idea is how can you connect with somebody who's very different than you but still be true to yourself. So, you know, these, these low eyes, these, um, you know, reserved people keep, you know, go ahead and research and prepare for the worst. Like we said before, like have your facts, be ready for battle. But before you get there, try to assume that positive intent, try to understand why would a reasonable person bring this idea to me? When I have all yeah. this evidence, why it's a terrible idea. But if you can kind of <laughs> put yourself in their shoes a little bit, you don't change who you are, but just look at things a little bit differently before you go, you know, all negative on them. Yeah. I think yeah. that's why we like this. Perfect. Perfect. And again, you can access this blog and read about what Cindy and I've been talking about at TTISI.com slash blog and um, be able to find this particular blog in there. And we will have this on our Disky Chicks website as well. So diskychicks.com. If you look under our podcast, we are doing some things live now. We're doing some things visually for the first time, but we're going to have the audio in the podcast. So if you're listening to this via the podcast and you want to see what we're talking about or want to see us, uh, just go to our Facebook page, which is Disky chicks. Disky chicks. Uh-huh. Disky yeah. chicks. And that's D-I-S-C-Y chicks. C-H-I-C-K. And then right. next week we'll be covering the steady and the compliant lows and highs and blind spots. And we hope you'll join us then. Yeah. And you may have seen my boo-boo. I was going to try to sit on my hands, but I forgot to. So we'll we'll check with the healing of Cindy's pinky week by week and see see how we did. Had a little laceration, but it's going to be just fine. So. <laughs> great. All right. Okay. Y'all have a great week. Um, and we will see you back next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.